Welcome to Level 7, Episode 93, The Dirty Half Dozen. That's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 19. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Greetings, agents. This is Agent Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friend, Agent Daniel Butcher. Hello, Agent Daniel Butcher here. And we are here to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this is a big, big week for us here in the MCU, because you might have heard there's a little movie coming out called Tomorrowland. Wait, ooh, that's ooh. not that's not happening yet. I totally convinced myself last weekend that it came out that it came out next last weekend, and I was going to go, and I was going to go, and I didn't have time, but I couldn't go. Poor, poor man. I'm looking forward to that movie, but we've got to get through another movie first, and that's this uh, Age of Ultron thing, directed by some guy featuring a bunch of characters that a guy who doesn't even like TV. Oh, man. Well, let's not even address that. You know, we can quickly address it because he's joking and he's not joking. But obviously, I mean, anytime you have any kind of collaboration, there's going to be frustrations. And we've known from the beginning that there were things on the TV show that they couldn't use because it might get used in the movies. And let's be honest. You can follow the trickle down here of of uh, canon and, and continuity. Continuity, number one, go where the money is. And so people who have seen Avengers and now are going to watch the next one, they don't need to deal with the details of what we have here on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is supplemental, and it makes the MCU richer. Daredevil makes the MCU richer. Iron Man 3 makes the MCU richer. But, yeah, I mean, Age of Ultron is already looking like it's going to be a monumental moneymaker. And that's going to mean a lot of butts in the seat and a lot of eyeballs in front of the screen. And they're butts and eyeballs that would never go into a comic shop. And butts and eyeballs that probably aren't sitting on the couch watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a big old growing universe. So, yeah. His, his, the, Joss's interview that we're talking about, it was interesting. It was a little bit funny. It was irreverent. You know, he's he's just... You know, he's, 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 I've never seen him give a straight answer. I've never seen an, an answer. He cashed from him. the checks. Yeah, yeah. But I, I've never seen him answer you know, seriously. You know, he I always give, is trying. He's like a, he's like a 13 year old, you know? No, Every answer that. to any question has to have some sort of snark to it. I will say this I do understand how it took out the emotional heart of the Avengers. But I'm glad I have my show. And they earned it, man. I mean, they did not just say, oh, he's back. I mean, we put Coulson through the ringer getting here to this moment today. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, all that to say, we don't have a lot of news to talk about, so should we get to it? Yes? No? Should we get to it? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, I, I'm so professional. I'm not alone right at the moment because someone had to find my notebook. <laughs> so I was on mute because I didn't have my notebook. Okay. Well. But I have it now. You're off mute now. We're, we're getting ready to jump into the news. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, here we go. Shield intelligence report. News item number one. Avengers Age of Ultron opens this weekend. I'll see you there in less than 48 hours. Mission report. And so here we are <laughs> with the Dirty Half Dozen, an episode that brings the team back together on the bus, sort of. You know, some folks in the Dirty Dozen didn't make it out, kind of like a suicide squad. Yeah. You know what else? I'm just going to say it right now. I'm going to reference Star Trek in this episode. I'm well, also we going to reference Star Wars in this episode. You were all shocked. I know. I know. Hold it in. Hold it in, Daniel. I mean, I I, I don't want to completely surprise you and throw you off guard with those references. So, 
Yeah. Just know well, that they're I, coming. They are coming. So, so here we are, Daniel. We've got basically two plot lines, I think. Uh, let's go through quickly what happened in this episode, though. And then we can kind of focus in on the details. How does that sound? And then we've got some pretty massive feedback. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. we got to get going fast. we got a lot to talk about here. So if we're going to start with the Inhumans plot line, basically Raina, she's having dreams. She sees Lincoln, and she sees Gordon, and she sees Coulson, and she sees Hydra. And Jiaying sees Raina because Jiaying is watching her. Meanwhile... Sky, you know, she's not happy with the way they were treating Cal. She doesn't want them to get rid of Cal the way they were planning to. And then Raina, uh, Sky wants them to go and, and rescue Lincoln, but Raina, uh, but Jiang won't let them. But Raina has seen Sky rescue Lincoln and basically pushes Sky into it. And, you know, I've seen this happen and we're getting to know Raina's powers. We actually get to see her dream. Which is, which is great. Um, so, meanwhile, uh, you've got Gordon in the mix, and Gordon has actually proven one of Reyna's prophecies correct, because he went to go try to rescue Lincoln. He got a gash right above his eye bump thing. Uh, it's bad news. Not terribly bad. He gets it stitched up. It still doesn't look very good. But uh, because Reina has seen that, that's what gives her the tip off. She can see into the future, and that's what's going to get her. You know, she goes to Gordon. She says, "Hey, you going to you know not let someone let you rescue your friend? Are you going to use let fear drive you? You know." And so basically, Sky ends up getting a ride from Gordon to Shield, and she joins up with the Shield team. Meanwhile, Jiang comes to Cal, takes him for a walk, and. She wants to know more about Reyna. And it's looking like we might have a little bit of a power struggle between Jiang and Reyna. Because Reyna, she's she's talking smack a little bit. Saying, what? who says you get to make all the choices? And we'll stop there with the Inhumans because that, that final three minutes of episode has some pretty intense stuff to it. And it involves Reyna and Jiang having a conversation that... I don't think we want to get into quite yet. So that's the Inhumans. Although we'll get more with Sky and Lincoln in a moment here. Any thoughts? Oh yes, we will. Thoughts here about Sky and Cal. Well, mostly my thoughts seem to be about Mom, and okay. Mom really she's defeatist. Mm-hmm. She's not even going to try. Now, she does make the point that Lincoln wouldn't want her to. And Lincoln does reinforce that when we get into his storyline. But for you know us being so used to being around AC and his team, we're used to optimism and hope and, and you know faith that we can find a way to make it work. And, we, and we'll see that in the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline. And we see it in Sky because she's been she spends so much time around AC. And so she doesn't really accept it, but really mom is cutting cutting the strings to keep everyone else safe. Yeah. Lincoln is a sacrifice. She will let him go in order to protect everyone else. What is it Spock says? The good of the many the outweighs needs, the good of the, the one. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah, or the so. one, or the one, or the one. Yes, yeah. so. he added that in when he was dying because he wanted to include himself specifically. Jeez, you're such a him. hot mess about Spock, but anyway, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> but so I mean, she's really that. She's really expressing that she's gonna give up on Lincoln. That's a theme in this episode. We have two themes that I saw in almost every plot that we can have going on in this episode. Basically, there's the, the theme of forgiveness and letting someone be forgiven in your eyes. And there's the theme of sacrifice and making sacrifices for the greater good. And that's the, the forgiveness one, I think, is the, the bigger one that we see. The sacrifice one is really 
not limited to completely, but it's primarily Gonzalez and Jaing who are making sacrifices for the greater good that will cause possibly other people to die or to, to at least be very, very hurt for longer times than they would have been. And yeah, defeatist is a good word, but I'm watching her and I'm in this episode, I'm a little turning against Jaying against mom. I, I do wonder, you know, she's not making good choices here. But but her choices again, they're informed by two things. That one is her position and responsibility, and it is her responsibility to keep afterlife secret. The other thing that she's using to inform her choice is she knows Hydra has Lincoln. And as she points out, she wears the reminder yes. of what Hydra will yes. do. So yes. I don't think it's necessarily fear for herself, but I do think she does fear for everyone else. She's allowing herself to live in fear, but she's doing it, yes, to protect everyone else. Good motivations, but bad decisions, ultimately. Maybe I would say, well, we can't go after him. But there are other things going on here, especially, well, her secret's out now. Her secret is out or could be out very, very soon once people realize what Cal was talking about. Because Cal, he wants to see our daughter and he's flying off the handle. I expected I expected there to be more. I almost expected this to be the fall of Afterlife. Well, he, and, and that it would be it, him going nuts and, and just tearing it apart or something. But but I, but I do think you're right. I think we planted the seed of the fall of Afterlife because of the fact that Cal, upon his return, yells out very publicly with everyone watching, about, basically announces Sky's parentage. Mm-hmm. In front of everyone. So everyone knows now. And and mom was concerned about them knowing for a reason. So that's a genie that's out of the bottle. And that is something that she's going to have to deal with. And it does put her position in jeopardy. In the eyes of, well, maybe not. In her eyes, it puts her position in jeopardy. I do wonder if the people would be a little more forgiving than she is giving them credit for. In a situation like this, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that bears out. We don't know too many of the other citizens. But remember, even though she shows them kindness and compassion, she asks them to live by a high standard. And so should they not also? Yeah. Well, I'm going to use this phrase here. And this phrase has lots of hidden and, and other meanings that kind of baggage that goes along with it. And that's she's a benevolent dictator. She has their best interests in heart, but she doesn't allow everyone to make the choices they want to choose. And it's not a society of complete free will. No, it is not. I mean, Gordon, he can't use his free will to just live, leave as he wants, though he will. Um, he will because of Reyna. I mean, Reyna is the serpent in the garden. Or is Jaying already the serpent in the garden? So yeah, I'm a little worried about the future of afterlife, and I think we should have the right to be a little worried. I'm not worried. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to happen, and and I want to see. I want to see more about the society. I want to see more about the Inhumans. We've seen quite a bit, and we keep getting re- new revelations. This episode didn't give us too many new revelations about the Inhumans, but it does give us some push forward on the story. Especially, I think this power struggle. That we're going to see between Jaying and Reyna, especially as the heat is on now that, well, Hydra knows about these these guys. Not specifics, but they know. And the same with Shield, especially now that Shield has Sky with them. And Sky, I'm sure she'll talk. She might not tell them everything, but she's going to give them some details. And this puts Afterlife at risk. So it's not a lot happening there but a lot of setup for things that are going to happen for sure. So should we move to the meat of this episode? There's a lot the going meat. on. There's a lot going on. Betrayal, deception, sacrifice. <laughs> Basically Two sacrifices. Yeah. So we we're on the bus. We start on the bus with Gonzalez and Colson and Colson's happy to be back on the bus. It's home, right? This is their home. And Gonzalez doesn't trust Colson, but Colson sacrifices, man. <laughs> but yeah, 
But Colson, he he does strike where we have been say we've been we've been striking this 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 tune for a while now. And that is that they have a common enemy and it's not each other. It's Hydra. And so they're planning to send in a small strike team to this Arctic Hydra base where they're holding Mike Peterson, who's being disassembled, and they're also holding Lincoln, and they're going to take out the missile system, and that will allow S.H.I.E.L.D. to send in bombers, and they're going to bomb that place to Kingdom Come. And so we find out that Mike and Lincoln are being held in a cell. Like I said, they're being disassembled. Strucker is interested in the specimens, and List, he is giving him information about that. Both List and Bakshi, who is working with Ward still, miss Whitehall. But they're going to experiment. And and they, they've done these experiments before. There's only one group of people who has really gotten this far in the experiments. And that is the twins. And who are the twins? Well, we'll find out this weekend, won't we? <laughs> well, we've met the twins already. It's true. It's true. We met them in Days of Future Past. So <laughs> we've met the twins already. Now, in Days of Future Past, that's probably Lorna, not Wanda. Okay, okay, okay. But we, we have met them. Winter Soldier, post-credits, we met uh, Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver. Okay. So, meanwhile, Ward is a part of their team now. He and Agent 33 really seem to be hitting it off famously. It's disgusting to everyone else, including, I think, maybe a little bit to me. Uh, they arrive back, and they, Coulson and May, have a little bit of a, a conflict with each other because of the, the whole lies thing. Um, May is not real happy about Ward being back, and... She's basically amazed. Just not happy about anything. We find out the reason, though, that Coulson was contacting her her uh, ex, and it's because he's been going to Andrew for for counseling because of all. And the, doesn't that just seem responsible? It does. It does. It almost seemed like a little bit of a letdown, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So Ward leaves Agent 33 behind. He goes on the mission, and it's our six original team members on the bus again. And here's what we end up having. We have Gonzalez, who reveals that he is willing to sacrifice this team for the greater good. We find out that Simmons is willing to sacrifice Ward for the greater good. We find out that Colson is willing to have product placement for Nike. And then we find out that Sky has come back. And she is on the bus with them. Ward goes to give them the mission, and there's a lot of personal problems as he goes to do this because, well, you know, he tried to kill people. He did kill people, and he hurted a lot of people. And it's not a good thing. Meanwhile, we do get a scene with Mac and Hunter, who are going to watch the mission in real time at the at a table, you know, out in the common area, since they don't get to sit in on the offices. I guess they're not on the board. But they also they have personal problems. However, they actually seem to reconcile with each other. Again, this forgiveness theme that's kind of woven throughout. We didn't really talk about it much, but it was with Cal and Jiang with the inhuman thread, where Cal is saying he's sorry and you know, she's saying, Well let you stay for a little while until this all blows over and then we'll figure out what to do together. So we come into our 30-minute twist, though, at this point, and that is the plane is going in. They're cloaked, but they are, of course, detected. And so missiles are locked on, missiles hit, the bus is destroyed. And at first I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, duh, they're not dead. I mean, it's only halfway through. But then I thought, wait, that was actually the bus getting destroyed. This is a thing. This is Star Trek Three level, where they sacrifice the Enterprise to save themselves. And this is what... They, they blew up their home to save Spock. And here we have them blowing up their home. However, the family's already broken apart anyway. The, it's true. The, it's true. The cracks of the, between the family members are there. And some of those will be repaired. Some of them will not. 
But the home, this is just kind of a visual metaphor of what has happened to our team of six since episode one. They ride the debris down to the ground. They are in a Quinjet, which, here's my Star Wars reference, totally reminded me of the Millennium Falcon floating away with all the garbage debris as the Star Destroyers spool up the hyperspace and, and leave them behind. Thank you for evening it, evening it out. Yes. I, I'm I'm on both teams, man. I ride that fence between Trek and Wars. And you throw in some gate, you know. Ugh. Yeah. You would like it if you gave it a chance. Anyway, they go in. They have 15 minutes. Um, Sky actually uses her powers as she goes in. She finds Lincoln. He's dead, but she jumpstarts his heart with his own powers by using her powers, I think, using her powers of finding the vibrational frequency of his body. She's able to use summon some of his electrical power to jumpstart his heart. I think that's what's going on. We can talk about it later if, if you want to. Simmons goes to kill Ward. We cut to commercial. Simmons doesn't kill Ward. She kills Bakshi instead, which leads to some interesting conversation between Ward and Simmons. Fitz takes care of the missiles. The jets come in. Coulson pulls a Black Widow from Winter Soldier because she comes in and finds him downloading stuff to a flash drive. And she says, come on, that's not the mission. Oh, it is the mission, isn't it? Just like Steve Rogers. Yeah, it totally feels like Winter Soldier, Black Widow stuff. Yeah. Ward does not go with them, of course, because he needs to go out on the road again. He's going to be a free agent once more. Just making his way around the world, trying to make a dollar by killing people killing. and infiltrating places. Mostly uh, killing. We find out that Mike has lost his leg and it's been completely dismantled. They are going to take him to a facility. Sky is waiting for Lincoln to wake up. Gonzalez is watching her and he's happy because this was all part of his plan. I almost expected him to stick a cigar in his mouth and just say, I love it when a plan comes together. But he didn't. Then we get a little bit of comeuppance for Gonzalez. As Colson comes up to Gonzalez and they have a little bit of a... You know, a tat-a-tat, so to speak. And we find out, well, Coulson, oops, lets it slip. Fury is not dead. Gives a spoiler alert. I love that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then right on cue, Maria gives him a call, which that's not something that Gonzalez is happy about either. We're going to get into this stuff in a moment. Let's talk about the mission and all that other stuff right now. What do you think, Daniel? Where do you want to start? Do you want to just go character by character and just kind of talk about some of the, the arc moments that we get here? Or how do you want to do this? There's a lot going on. Uh, well, let's just establish now. After about a three-week absence, I was tense. A three-week absence of tension? Tension. I was tense tonight. Okay. I was feeling tense, feeling stressed. My foot was vibrating up and down violently. And I was enjoying myself. It was a fun mission. Um, Sky, I do wonder if her skills and abilities are... Uh, maybe maybe this just feed into the, this idea that she's just good at whatever she puts her mind to doing. Or something like that. I don't know. But, but you she's do have got to remember. some moves, kind of. There was, she was trained by May to yeah, be an agent. Yeah. And we had seen her putting on the agent moves for a good portion of the season. Now, let's remember her and Mom have also had time to work with the powers. Powers I'm not worried about. In fact, I expected her to use her powers more. Uh, when she did that first time, that was really cool. There's that tracking shot where it's this fight scene kind of around some tables and stuff like that. And she shoots a pipe and then she ducks down, goes around the table while someone's coming after her. There's some interesting things going on with the fight. I just wonder, can someone go from, uh, and let's just give it a real time. Let's say it's it's a year and a half. I think it's meant to be shorter, but let's, let's say it's a year and a half between episode one and now. Can someone in a year and a half become that skilled of an agent to be able Haven't to we make- had this debate before? <laughs> I think we have like, in episode two of this season. I'm just, I, I just want to know. I mean, she's, she's, I think better than she has any right to be unless 
there is a little something more to it for her. I think that maybe it's because it's a TV show. Hmm. No, no, I'm gonna hold. There. I'm gonna hold it to, to the laws of reality. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well. And I'm the irrational one. Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. Okay. Um. So, fun episode though, and and we had a mission. We've got a team together. We've got Coulson giving his quips. Um, some of them a little more forced than others, maybe. Like the oh, I shouldn't have had that. What was it? Hot, hot pocket. pocket. <laughs> so we get Nike. We get hot pocket. We get. Um, you know, this isn't – the team's all together. Yes. Ward's given the briefing. Mm-hmm. They all look with scorn and anger at him. They all have hate. And as we'll find out at the end of the, the discussion, you know, like half of them have tried to shoot him, you know. Or the other half of it. are going to try to bomb him. Um, they all hate him. And he goes through his excuse-making because I do think we've established in season two that he is a classic excuse-maker. He is. I mean, he, and he goes right into it. I had a troubled he, childhood. And it's the you know the stuff we've heard before, and they don't accept it. And thank goodness they don't. You know, they don't let him just go on his stuff. But I do think he is sincere in his confession – you know, he doesn't regret killing people. He doesn't regret betrayal. He doesn't even regret throwing Fitzsimmons into the ocean. What he regrets, and I do believe it, is he regrets breaking up the family. And he knows that it was a family, and he knows that there were some good times there. And he knows that it's his actions that ruined it. He's feeling loss. Exactly. He's because- feeling lost for what he has lost in what he did. It was probably the one time in his life he really felt, I don't want to say comfortable, but felt honored, accepted, accepted. and it was all, from his point, of a lie. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like our good friend who used his gun used acceptance as a tool to motivate. You know, that's not Garrett's way. So... He did lose something when he betrayed everyone. And I do think he means it. I do think he recognizes it. Well, and you have some other – I mean let's let's do the Ward thing right now then. Let's do the Ward thing because we have some other issues with him and one being Agent 33, Karen. Kara. Kara. Okay. Ward uses her name. Ward seems to like her. Of course, I'm watching this and I'm wondering, okay, so what is his ulterior motive? I, I think he loves her. Well, I, uh, we'll get there. Now, now he, it, it's, I'm, I think I'm, th- I'm looking though. at it, though, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, he seems to, but what's his ulterior motive? And, and there is an ulterior motive for him to come and work with S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's to get her into their care. He is actually doing something. He is actually sacrificing for her. He first of all sacrifices her. He gives her up for her better, you know, so she's in a better place with them instead of with him. And he gives her up because he's in a better place when she's with him. Maybe if he really does love her, he's in a better place when he's with her, but he's giving that up because she needs something that he can't give her. And so this is this is complex. This is not a simple, you know, mustache twirling, black hat wearing bad guy. This is a guy who, yes, he is a murdering murderer who murders. He kills. He does. He killed good people. And he did it without much remorse. And he can't be forgiven for it. He, well, he can be forgiven, but it can't be forgotten. Yeah, and, and so there's some questions there that we can get into, but... Yeah, so you bring up then, is he in love with her? And is it earned, story-wise? Do do we see him in love with her? And if it's real, is it earned? Well, I think it's earned on his part to her. Because, again, we were just talking about acceptance. 
33 unconditionally accepts him. And I think this is the first person who's ever done that to him in his life. Mm, and so, except for his family, not his real family, no, but not his, his, his yeah. bus family. Good point. Good point. But I mean, I do think it's because of that unconditional love where he's even, again, the bus family, he wasn't being honest with them. With Kara, he's been able to be mostly honest. He didn't, he wasn't honest about dump, ditching her, you know. But he's been mostly honest. She knows he's a murdering murder. Her murders. He knows. About, she knows about the Hydra. She does. She was there. She was a part of it. And yet she still saw, and she defends him to people. Here's, I still saw the goodness in him. And here's a risk for him. She sees the goodness in people. She sees the goodness in him. If she is able to get back to where she was before, or start remembering some of that stuff. From where she was before, the shield stuff, the old her. Does he lose her completely when she realizes, oh my goodness, what am I allowing myself to be open to? What am I allowing myself to love? This guy's a monster. And and we don't know because she may also realize that he may have given her up to... So she could have that chance. So here's bottom line here. I was concerned about what they're going to do with Grant Ward. And in this episode, I feel like they've given us something nice and meaty and, and, and different than what they could have given us. They could have tried to go all the way to, I want to make it up to you guys. Or they could have gone the other way to, you know, mustache twirling, black hat. But they're giving us the story arc here where it is going to get us to ask these hard questions about redemption and forgiveness. Because, you know, you and I both come from a worldview that really values forgiveness and redemption. Uh, both as, as Christians, we, we value that. And that's a big part of our, our narrative. That's a big part of our religious narrative and our personal narrative is is forgiveness and forgiving others and seeking forgiveness when we have wronged other people. And, you know, I was wondering about this. You know, now Ward is a fictional character, but here we're saying he's going to have to earn his forgiveness. But then, you know, we, we get another great example of forgiveness with Hunter and, and Mac, where Hunter says, yeah, uh, I forgive you. Bottom line, you're forgiven. You're going to have to buy me a lot of beer, but you're forgiven. Which is he really forgiven if he still has to start paying, you know, he's still working on payback. No, he probably owed him that beer anyway. Yeah, it's a possibility. But um, they're giving us some good stuff here with Ward and they could have gone in some really stupid ways or some really cliche places. So we'll see where it goes. He's out on the road again. Lonely man theme playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else was there with Ward? Oh, this the whole Simmons thing. Simmons wants to kill him. Well, she's gotten to be a really good liar. Because we never really got onto the fact that she was going to kill him until that moment. To oh, his I face. did. I did. Well, we knew. But he didn't. He didn't, yeah. And she ends up killing Bakshi because Bakshi goes to protect... Ward. Ward was not lying that whole time when he said that he had Bakshi under his thumb. Bakshi's gone now. He's dust. Uh, But, you know, there's an interesting little conversation then with Ward and and Simmons. And that is when, you know, he says to her, you've really changed, Simmons. I'm disappointed. I wanted her to say, you're the one who changed me. Truth. You're the one. I mean, he's not the only outside agency that's coming in and pushing her toward, you know, evil or toward lies or toward whatever it is. But he is definitely a catalyst in her change. After what he did to Fitz, after his, you know, a lot of what he did with Hydra enabled what Hydra was able to do to our team. And... Yeah, I expected her to say that, 
But we have seen a big change in Simmons. She is wants to be proactive against enhanced people. She is willing to kill people who, you know, she, she says she's doing the world a favor by doing this. She is there to do the right thing. She's going to make things right. She yeah. says at one point, I, I, I saw the opportunity to do the right thing. So I took it. Yeah. This is again, we're getting a nice meaty character arc. I don't like it as much because I don't like seeing Simmons like this. I, yeah, she's not the fresh-eyed girl from last year. No. No. And, and and can she go back to that? I don't think so. The best thing that could happen for Simmons... Can she go back to that? She's killed a man. The best thing that could happen for Simmons is for us to get a new, fresh-eyed character who comes in and, and becomes a part of her life. <laughs> Agent 33. <laughs> Almost. She needs a Mac. She needs a Mac who can come in and and remind her of where she used to be. And, you know, maybe it's not gonna, a good thing to be reminded. But I feel like that's what she needs is someone to come in and be be yeah. the one that she used to be. Not say, hey, remember, don't you like good things and flowers and sunshine? No, no, no. Just someone who comes in and lets her see that image. And can we just – and can we call out – again, she killed a man. She did. It was in self-defense. She because was, she was trying to kill a man. Because she was intending to kill another man, yes. <laughs> but, okay, so the weapon was ready because she was getting ready to use it to murder someone. But she ended up using it in self-defense. And she did that cover-up nicely when they asked, where's Bakshi? Oh, you know, he's not available at the moment. <laughs> he didn't make it. He didn't make it. Oh, man. Off to another show, I guess. <laughs> oh, poor Bakshi. I thought we had. I thought we were going to gather a, a small team around Ward. I, I was expecting us to go in that direction, where Ward becomes. You know, we have pointy shield, we have curvy shield, and we get anti shield. You know, he's not Hydra, but he's not shield. He has his team of people. Sometimes they're in conflict, and sometimes they're helping each other. I expected us to go in that direction, and I don't think we are. I don't think we are. I also expect us to go that direction with Cal, too, with his little band of rogues. But that lasted one episode. So. Wow. Just can't let that go, can you? Uh, it, you know, if this was another time, another place, another show, that would be the big bad for the season. We got them for one episode. <laughs> so I hope they have good things planned. Actually, they do. Within There's years. only two episodes left, three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So we get we talked about Sky, talked about Simmons. We didn't talk about, about Sky too much as far as her. Oh, we did. It's just yeah, we didn't we talk did. about her we relation totally to did. Ward. We gotta get through the whole six here. So we leave AC for last. So May. What what are we saving for last? AC Phil's got to be last. Okay, because we have Fitz in May then. Yep. Yeah. And I mean Fitz is. Fitz had some good moments in this episode. Basically, at the yep. beginning, his big moment was his conversation with Simmons where he realizes Simmons is serious about wanting to kill Ward. But then there's that whole – there's a nice moment there. He's got the disgusting, you know, ugh, kind of uh, Warden 33 sitting in the tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Am I right, Hunter? Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, I know. Um, but he comes back, makes the report to Simmons, and she says, that's not love. And then what's the thing that gets said right after Simmons makes her declaration about what is not love? Thank you for the sandwich. That is the declaration of what is love right there. Now, are they in love? I'm not saying that. But there is love between the two of them again. There is friendship between the two of them. Reparations are being made. And it's good to see. It's not a big moment. It's not a big thing for this episode. But it's good to see it happening. And really, he doesn't have the big moments. He mostly has supporting. But here's his big moment right here in this scene where he starts bragging about, yeah, well, yes. he almost wasn't here because I attacked him. And, you know, I should have tossed him from the plane. You know, all that kind of and, thing. And did you see Simmons? Yeah. Like, 
Ooh, well. Yeah. No, they're having a nice little moment together. Again, not necessarily a romantic moment, not necessarily a moment that's solidifying a romantic relationship, but there's definitely a moment happening there with their friendship. And it's fun to see it happen, even if it has the undertone of, I'm packing bombs so I can kill a man. Okay. Well, it does kind of put a damper on the situation. Because murder's doing the right thing. And that's a question that we can also tackle here, where they're talking about, you know, killing Ward. Is that vengeance or is that justice? Is she doing the world a favor or is she doing her own anger a favor? And I do think she's really in the context of where she makes that move. It is she's doing herself vengeance. She's doing herself a favor. She's justified it. She's, she's in her mind. It. She's not saying I'm doing this because I hate him because of what he did to Fitz. In her mind, she's saying he did so many bad things. I'm going to stop him from doing more. But that's what she's doing to justify her actions. It's not her real motivation. I think. Okay. Are we going to talk about Phil? Uh, we didn't talk about May yet. Oh, good, good. Okay, yeah, May. Um, May. You think May's okay? May, May has... Now talk about it in the context of the mission. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, here's what I'm going to say. We've had problems with May. She's has problems with his secrets, with, with Coulson's secrets, right? Yeah, and then we've had problems with that because she's been keeping secrets and, and Coulson calls her out on it and says, look, you were working for Fury behind my back. I think we've had a couple of listener feedbacks that were that brought that up. He straight up says we've always had our secrets. Yeah. And so she's got problems, but she lays it out. This is personal. Her anger with him is personal. It's justified. It's similar to Simmons. It's justified by these, you're keeping secrets from me, tell me about what the Theta Protocol is, and all that kind of thing. I'm sorry. Uh, it, this is thin for me. She works for S.H.I.E.L.D., which is an agency that keeps secrets. She's a spy. She's kept secrets. She knows that the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to keep secrets. And by the way, the third part person in this relationship, Andrew, has to follow a little confidentiality agreement with everyone that he works with. There's one secret that May has a problem with. There's one secret that May yeah, has a problem Andrew. with, and that's Andrew. When she realizes, I, th- I think that once she realized that he was using Andrew, thinking that it was a part of this whole Theta Protocol thing, that's what caused her to be un- unreasonable or irrational. It became personal then. Because she has, I think she has unresolved baggage with him. Duh. <laughs> so. But you know what? She does accept the answer and she does vote as a member of the board for the mission. She does. And she gives one of the greatest sacrifices of all time. The bus. The bus. What's Nick going to say when he finds out what happened to this one? Yeah, he didn't just break the fish tank. No. All oh, those fish, they're dead now, aren't they? Didn't they scrap the fish tank? I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that is a potential game changer unless we magically get a new bus. Uh, hey, it's the 616B. <laughs> Though I'd almost rather... Well, if we're going Star you, Trek, you it would be the 616A. They go A first. You do 616, then 616A. So, so my question is, well, actually, not even a question. I'll just make a comment. I'd like to see them struggle without the bus for a while. Depending on how things play out with Gonzalez and Fury and all this other stuff that's going on, they, it may not even be a struggle. I mean, they've got no, no base. I mean, they've struggle got in the sense the writers, you know, if you needed a setting, you could always use the bus. Oh. Uh, um, how are we going to get there? Let's go by the bus. Hey, we need to go hang out somewhere. Let's go on the bus. Hey, Sky needs a private room. Okay, put her on the bus. <laughs> I mean, it was the bottle. It was the cheap set. It was, but they have a cheap set now, too, and that is the playground. Yep. I mean, they, they have a home base. They have a home 
it's a stationary home, but then they also have Quinjets. And I do think going the bus back is kind of redundant. The bus is a base plus a Quinjet, and now they have Quinjets and a base. So they don't need the bus. And I do like your earlier point that destroying the bus is a symbol of destroying the family. So at that 30-minute twist, at first I was just, no twist here. Obviously, they've got some kind of plan. It's not really blown up. It's just radar stumpings, you know, or I don't know. And then as the commercial break went on, I realized, oh, that's the bus. That's, you know, we've lost our levels. We lost our ward. And now we've lost our bus. I mean, we're in a different place, a very different place than we were episode one. Very different. All right. So now you want to talk about AC. Okay, AC, in the context of the mission, he goes all Black Widow on us. He does. He does. But as he would be fond of saying, Daniel, you're not director of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) Which I love that. (laughs) I liked her answer, too. You're not either. You know. But kind of he really is. Still, technically, she, yeah, I didn't like her answer because that was her saying she was throwing herself in with the board. Because the board has no authority to overthrow him. It was a coup. It was. And at first it seemed like he was accepting it. Yeah. But he's totally not. He's he's on mission. All right. So, but I mean, really, that's all I have to say about him on the mission is he's going Black Widow. We've seen this before. The mission is a cover. Yeah. Well, it's a cover and it's not. Yeah, I mean, he wanted Mike back. He wanted Mike back far more than he wanted the information that he was getting. I don't think you can confirm that. Oh, I I think so. I think he cares for Mike and he wanted Mike back, but I think the information about the Scepter is pretty big. And, and to be blunt, Phil has shown that if he's had to sacrifice someone, Izzy, he'll do it. it. This is the cost of the business they're in. It's sad. He doesn't like it. But it does happen. But the scepter is the biggest. The scepter is something he needs to know about. Yeah, Not because it killed him, but because it is a threat. Well, and, and it's it, it has more resonance because it it was the weapon that killed him. He can't protect the island of Puerto Rico and not without knowing about the scepter. He needs to know where it is. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is an interesting development here. I wasn't expecting to see that the scepter show up on our show. Let's go to a movie. Yeah. Well, okay. hey, they did better here than they did the comic. Ugh. The comic uh, okay. We're not going to talk hey, about Hey, let's go to a movie. Okay, so let's talk about the last scene then. All right. We have two things going on side by side, two conversations going on side by side. Reina and Zhang. Reina's having a vision of a scepter. And Maria Hill and Agent Coulson. And they're having a conversation about a scepter as he's sending information over to her. So, Daniel, go. Where are we starting here? Well, mostly the things that I'm interested here tend to do with Phil and the future of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the movie. So So you want to start with Jiang and and Reyna? Yeah. Because Reyna has a really, really interesting power now. She has the ability to see trailers for movies that are coming out soon. As someone posted on Welcome to Level 7's Facebook page earlier tonight. No fair. Raina's got to see the movie. No, she didn't see the movie. She just saw the trailer. Just like in the very beginning of the episode, she just saw these quick little scenes that were kind of clues and hints for what was coming in the episode. And, you know, the series between now and the the finale. So she saw that was the trailer for the remaining episodes including this one, over Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then she sees the trailer for Age of Ultron. I see metal men. I see cities exploding. I see everything that you've seen in the trailers. And honestly, Daniel, I almost wish they would have done it that way. Instead of just, we come back from the commercial for our post, 
you know, episode scene and it's just, you know, a clip from the Avengers. I almost wish they would have just put the Avengers trailer in her vision. And so that's our little teaser in this episode. I, I agree. I would have preferred it that, that way. That could have been kind of cool. It would have been even more cheesy. I think people would have been even more likely to make the joke that I just made about how her power is to see trailers for movies. But yeah. And so I'm curious what the connection is between Reyna and the Inhumans and how that all is going to get tied in next week. But you, did you notice in the trailer they said Inhuman? In the trailer for... Next week? Yeah. It's yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield with Inhuman. Something Inhuman. Yeah. And this is where we also get that kind of thing where Reyna is like, you know... Uh, who says you get to make choices for me and Jiang is saying, I get to decide what we do with the visions from here on out. And, um, what are they going to do with this vision of the scepter, this weapon that is going to, you know, cause destruction. Then Raina closes her eyes and Han says, Chewie, we're home. <laughs> That's next episode where she sees the trailer for star Wars, the force awakens before everyone else can see the actual trailer. Yeah. And then she's going to see the Batman Superman trailer. It's a useful power to have. It helps you choose what movies you're going to see in the future. I love trailers. Yeah. I don't mind sitting through the 15 minutes of trailers in the theater because I actually enjoy them. I do too. Even for one, movies that I'm never going to see. Oh, now I've seen that little glimpse inside that movie. Okay, let's get off trailers. Let's move on to Agent Hill. I want to move on to... The conversation with Gonzalez, the conversation with Hill. So pre-Hill conversation, mm-hmm. huge things going on. Such he as. gives him the toolbox, uh, opened, yeah. and straight out says, yeah, but when but when Fury comes back, he's going to want it. And Gonzalez is like, huh? And then AC, great line, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, if you hadn't seen Winter Soldier and didn't know, he's still out there. No, well, actually, if you didn't see the first episode of the season. Was it the first episode of the season? You no, last episode of... Last episode of last season. season. Yeah, we, so... We've seen, we've seen Fury alive. Yeah, but it, it establishes Fury's coming back, which is good, because by the end of the week, he's coming back. Yes. Maybe not a S.H.I.E.L.D. director, but he's coming back. Yeah, and there will be references to Fury, I think, throughout the rest of this. Maybe even... Fury himself. Yeah. And, and by the way, we also know with secrets that uh, Coulson knows what's in the hold. Yes, he does. That's something we, we haven't talked about yet. And it's still in the hold. It's still there. Gonzalez wants to keep it a secret. He asks, how do you know about it? Because it's in the box. And, yeah. This is Director Shield, moron. No, no, because... <laughs> no, I'm, come because on. S.H.I.E.L.D. keeps secrets, Shield. moron. I mean, you are keeping a secret yourself, you idiot, and yet your whole thing is no more secrets. No more secrets. I'm keep keeping no, no more secrets, but except for the one that I have. In my hold. <laughs> oh, Gonzalez, you hypocrite. You just... You're a hypocrite. Just join in all the rest of the hypocrites. And pointy S.H.I.E.L.D. So, and by the way, Bobby is getting tired of his act. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And that we didn't talk about Bobby. She has that one quiet scene with Agent 33. It was, it was kind of nice. Hey, girl, thanks for showing compassion. Well, considering Bobby was around Bakshi and around Whitehall for that whole time there. And it, was, it was a good moment. A nice little moment. So we get... To the phone call with Maria. Mm-hmm. And I do love the fact that Phil calls out and Maria is completely shocked. They vote. <laughs> they vote on everything. And I didn't think I could get the swing vote if I told them the truth. <laughs> oh, but I mean, they both find it completely laughable. I mean, they were some of Fury's closest confidants. So they understand, you know, things got done because Fury made decisions because he had executive authority to run the day to day operations. And to be honest, when. He didn't, you know, the the whole council thing, you know, when they interfered, things slowed. So yeah, nu- nuclear bombs got launched. 
but but we find out with this conversation with Hill, you know, what he was really looking for is the scepter, and that they don't think that they fully know everything that the scepter does, but they know that Hydra probably at least realizes the scepter allows you to control minds. Yeah, and then we'll go to a movie, <laughs> which I'll keep saying. We're then we're going to go to a movie. Yeah, I mean Maria was there to link this into the, the movie nicely for us, and um. So Theta Protocol, is it ready? Hmm? It is. It it's is. ready to go. Time to bring in the Avengers. But not to our TV show. But let's bring them in. But not in a here. Movie. Not next week. But in a theater. Uh, so is Theta Protocol just assembling the Avengers? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the new name for the Avengers initiative. I don't know. I hope not. At all. I don't think it is. I hope not. I hope Theta Protocol is something different. And maybe it'll I, get referenced in the Avengers, and maybe this is them giving a name to something that happens in Age of Ultron, like, say, a training base or something like that. But, um, you know, because, again, the movie drags the show. So Theta Protocol is not something that was invented by the show for the movie. It was something that was in the movie, possibly, that they gave it this label from the show or, but you, you also then have this idea of Coulson giving them the location of where they're supposed to go so they can take care of the scepter in the movie. Yeah. You know, maybe it's our opening scene. I'm guessing that it might be. And if it is, we had a listener, it'll come up in one of our feedback items here, but we did have a listener who called this. And, and well, who, just get the ringer ready. It's ready. The sounder. Uh, you know, though, in many ways, this conversation in the earlier one is setting us up for a new normal. In the for season three, bigger shield with bases and aircraft carriers, a shield in which Coulson's no longer director. Which I think uh, he'd a, like a shield in a world perhaps where the Avengers know Coulson's alive. So are we looking at a Star Trek four scenario where they're going to have some missions without the bus? Coulson gets demoted because he went back in time to find whales. No, stop. <laughs> Coulson gets demoted. I will they reach give him this a new and bus. slap you. They give him a new bus and they get onto the bridge of the bus <laughs> and he says, we're home. Because, you know, through. Star Trek four, the voyage home is not about them coming to Earth. It's about them going back in time, coming back to the future so they can get a new enterprise, a new home. And that's what the bus is. That's what the bus is. so hard. What is your problem, man? There's room for Star Trek and Star Wars in the same world. But what we don't have is room for my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being all about Star Wars all of a sudden. I mean Star Star Trek. Trek, Yeah, we're talking about here. Disney does not own them. No. No. Okay, back on target, back on track. I'm excited for the movie. I'm as far as Agents of Shield goes, the movie will be fun. I'm curious about the tie-in next week to our movie. So, speaking of, we will be doing a movie episode this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to try. <laughs> We're going to try. There's a lot of lacrosse between now and then, buddy. Okay. Well, we're going to try. So if you do have feedback you want to send in about Avengers Age of Ultron, please do so. We will get it into the episode that, when we record that episode about that. Hey, buddy, if all else fails, we'll just keep you up till 2 a.m. next Tuesday. Oh, man. I can't do that. You can't. Do. Okay. There's, a, there's enough Mountain Dew in the world for it to happen. I don't drink Mountain Dew anymore. But you look that night. I just can't. I just can't. Hey, I like this. Tense. Let's go to a movie. We're ready. We're ready for a movie. Maria Hill is ready for a movie. Agent Coulson, he's ready to watch a movie. Raina. Seen the trailer. She's seen the trailer. She's excited. You could tell. She's using her power. It kind of hurts a little bit, but then she's, you know, I'm ready to go get in line for that movie. I am ready as well. Well, that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And we do have a nice uh, amount of of feedback that we got, and we appreciate that. We aren't going to be able to get to it this episode because of some outside pressing matters. But um, 
It's a Hydra attack. It is. We uh, we do have a a podcast review that we got that we appreciate from that was from Agent John L. And thank you so much for that five star review and, and the message that you left. That was these messages that you leave on those reviews are nice and and they uh, it's nice to see that. Uh, we will return with feedback in a future episode, but do please send us some Ultron feedback if you have it for our Age of Ultron episode. So for with all that said, uh, until next time, uh, Godspeed, everyone. Thank you for listening. Daniel, you have any parting words for us? Well, when you're being attacked by Hydra, time to bring in the Avengers. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Level 7. We'd love for you to join the conversation. You can leave us a voicemail at 177-55, the word level, and then the number 7. That's 1-775-553-8357. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. 7 is spelled out. Follow us on Twitter where we are level 7 pod. 7 is spelled out. Or email us directly, feedback at welcome to level 7.com. Seven is spelled out. Visit our website, welcome7.com, for news, reviews, and links to our RSS feeds. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, jsearls.bandcamp.com. And again, thanks for listening. Welcome to Level 7 is a part of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more podcasts that help you learn, succeed, and laugh at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx.